I hope the party keeps going. I just got here. But if it is going to keep going, it's going to take a guest list of activists and not hobbyists, right? And it's going to take everybody doing all that they can to protect the resource. There are certainly bigger fish, faster fish, and stronger fish, but few can compare to wild steelhead. They're an icon that embodies strength and resilience. They are a fleeting connection to a wild world that is disappearing before our eyes. Wild steelhead are ingrained with an unrelenting tenacity that enables them to power themselves hundreds of miles upstream, and hooking one is a direct connection to the raw power of nature. Welcome to the Adipose, the voice of the Wild Steelhead Coalition. Picture this, a season where steelhead are more than just biting, they're practically dancing their way onto the hooks, creating a rapturous steelhead party that every angler dreams of. But what if you arrived fashionably late, just as the best song was ending? Each angler's initiation into the world of fly fishing for steelhead usually comes with an abundance of stories, of rivers so packed you could walk bank to bank on the backs of these silver giants, of battles with nature that lasted hours, of catches that felt like capturing myths. For David Conrad, these stories, while inspiring, set a bar that present-day rivers seem unable to match. Join us as we dive into the confluence of expectation and reality, exploring the nuances between lore and the lived experience of a new generation angler. There are these historical accounts of fishermen on the Puyallup River here in Washington, and they'd stand on the bank and they'd smoke and drink and they have all their rods at the ready. And then at some point, somebody would call out, the fish are on the move. And sure enough, like moments later, hordes of seabright steelhead would come rushing through the run and they would just have a field day with it. I'm a late arrival to steelheading. Not fashionably late, but the party's over late. Like if this were a high school kegger, the cops would have come and gone already. The only people left would be a couple of drunk jocks and their cheerleader girlfriends and they'd be insisting that the party was still happening, but there's no booze anywhere to be found. It was uh, 2017 was the first time I paid any attention to steelheading. Uh, I was doing a lot of fly fishing at the time, uh, but mostly on like smaller water here in Washington. And uh, one of my employees came in on a Monday and said he'd gone steelheading over the weekend. And, you know, to me at that point, steelhead were these weird, like obscure fish that crazy people pursued in terrible weather conditions. It didn't seem kind of strange. Eventually, I embraced the challenge, and a year later, I took my first guided trip out on the OP. I think I hooked a fish my third cast, and it spit the hook a half second later. But my dad landed a beautiful wild hen later on that same day. First impressions are super powerful, and I quickly slid down the rabbit hole. I built up a stockpile of secondhand gear on the cheap, and at the time, it didn't occur to me that it was also cheap because everyone else was quitting. But, you know, I also subscribed to the hashtags and followed the old, all the old school heroes on social media. I bought the books and subscribed to the magazines. I was all in. When I reflect on that past, it just leaves me shaking my head. The tales of, of the resource that was squandered. 
at like our hubris and thinking that such a good thing could last without taking care of it. I mean, when you have rivers that are lousy with fish, why worry? Just keep partying. I'm certainly not on the VIP list for the steelhead party also. Like I tend to fish in spots where no fish would consider hanging out. I blow most of my anchors. I step when I should be swinging. I swing when I should be stepping. I trout set. But, you know, from the moment I arrived, I knew that this was the best party I'd ever been to. And my, you know, my tardiness, my late arrival, if anything, kind of strengthened my resolve to, to both like encounter and protect these fish. I live in Washington State, and by most measures, Washington State is the birthplace of, of steelheading. The historical accounts of the great steelhead rivers here in Washington are legendary. And as a new arrival to steelheading, I dove into those legends. I stood in the storied waters of the Skagit and the Skykomish, and I swung from the banks of the Ho and the Bogoshield and the Salduck. I spent days floating on the Grand Ron, and aw- like awash in such a legend, you would expect that hope would at least flourish. Even so, like as the seasons came and went, I grew like, increasingly discouraged. I was putting in dozens of hours each year without bringing a fish to hand. And there were grabs that could have been if it were not for my aforementioned trout setting. <laughs> uh, there was the, the B-run fish uh, that, that took me well into the backing before breaking the running line. Uh, he, he circled back and jumped about 50 yards down the river, and uh, I could see uh, my Scandi head kind of trailing from his mouth as he gave me the middle finger, swam off. Part of the problem with today's steelhead party uh, is the narrative surrounding it and the reality of it just don't line up. Uh, it's taken me multiple trips uh, without bringing a fish to hand and thousands of dollars in gear and boats and guides and conservation donations in search of a fish for the reality to become clear to me. As I've grown more committed, I find that the fish are increasingly difficult to find. I just got here and it seems like the party is already ending and I'm wondering like what the hell happened. The fact is that despite the modest bumps over time, the, the return numbers continue to decline from historical averages. Uh, there are, you know, these, these little bumps kind of lead to this insidious shifting baseline mentality. In response to pressure from conservation groups and in some cases listings under the Endangered Species Act, uh, regulations continue to tighten around when and where and how you can fish. And whenever you have that resource scarcity, you're likely to find a polarized and at times even hostile community. Steelheading is no exception. A friend of mine told me how on a recent trip, he pulled over so he could remove the Wild Steelhead Coalition sticker from his truck. He's afraid about getting his tires slashed by the locals uh, on the peninsula who take issue with conservation groups for fear that their work are gonna have, is going to have some catastrophic economic impact on, on their communities. I think fish going extinct will probably have an even greater impact. But either way, steelheading has become this hot-button topic. Volumes have been written about the old guard and their pursuit of wild steelhead in Washington and the booming multi-million dollar industry that's been born from it. And this cultural legacy is like ingrained, not only in Washington's state identity, it's our state fish, it's part of the lore of fishing around the world. Reading those volumes, I'm often left resenting that old guard. You know, 
they failed in such a material way at guarding something that they cherished. Anglers have refined and innovated the art of steelheading over the last century, taking and taking with little giving back. I wonder if they hadn't been so nonchalant about the bounty that they pulled from the rivers, maybe I'd still have the chance to swing up a fish on the Skagit. I wonder if they hadn't had so much to say about catching steelhead without a word on protecting them, if maybe the OP wouldn't have become a case study in divisive management policies. Surely I wish it was the way that it used to be, with enough fish that like we didn't need to give it a second thought. Of course, that was the problem. We did need to give it a second thought. When I reflect on that past, it leaves me with my head shaking at the tales of this resource that's been squandered, at our hubris in thinking that such a good thing would last without taking care of it. And when you have rivers that are lousy with fish, why worry? Just keep partying. Of course, I appreciate that hindsight is twenty twenty, and you do the best you can with the information you have at hand. Historically, that information either didn't exist, wasn't very solid, or we just weren't paying attention to it. But when you're late to the party, like I am, you're subject to all the decisions that took place before you arrived. Someone didn't buy enough beer. Someone burned the hamburgers. Somebody put hatchery fish in a pristine water. Somebody logged too close to our riparian zone. Another person allowed the fishing season to overlap with the spawning time a little too closely. In the end, it's on us. It's on us to figure out if we can keep the party going. Looking around, I don't see a lot of people taking meaningful accountability on it. What I do see is a lot of people pretending that everything is fine, or worse, denying the science behind the situation. And when someone goes out on a limb to identify the scarcity issue, the responses are often personal attacks. So if you can't fish for steelhead, and talking about fishing for steelhead presents risks to your tires or worse, what are you left to do? It requires, I think it requires us to redefine what steelheading is. So for me, the new steelheading is about finding ways to stay connected to the fish and the culture, even when you're not on the water. It's also embracing the tension and being a member of a community that's defined by its ability to put a hook in the mouth of a fish on the brink of extinction. It's finding ways to ensure that the future generations People coming after me will have the opportunities to encounter those fish. Yes, steelheading for me is still the stoke of the grab and the gear and the beautiful flies and the casting, but it's also worrying. It's writing letters, so many letters, pleading with politicians to help protect those re- this resource. And it's writing checks to conservation groups that are desperately trying to put a dent in the problem. And it's attending committee meetings via Zoom and then writing more letters. Keeping the steelhead party going is going to require mindfulness from everyone on the guest list, and that includes the government and the commercial fishing industry and land developers and big timber and fish and wildlife management and agriculture and, yes, guides and recreational anglers, just to name a few. It will also require an understanding that none of us are entitled to these fish. It will require all of us shifting from an exclusively taking mindset to a giving one. I'm not saying that people should stop fishing. I firmly believe that if people do stop fishing, they'll stop caring about the fish, and then we're going to be in big trouble. But to ensure that it's even possible to fish, we all have to find ways to contribute to rebuilding sustainable fisheries 
if we hope to pass that pursuit on to future generations. Nature has proven time and time again that it can rebound and recover if given the chance, but between high-efficiency angling, population growth, and the associated development impacts on the habitat, and our incessant need for technologies that change the climate and the waters that we fish in, the opportunity to rebound is slipping away pretty quickly. I think the future steelheading party will be a different kind of party for sure, but we still have a chance to make it something that will last. It's not going to be a party for hobbyists. It's going to be a party for activists, but it can still be just as special. We all want the party to last, right? But it's going to require us to find ways to care for a resource that needs us now more than ever. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Adipose and heed the call to join the growing number of advocates who are fighting to create a better future for wild steelhead. We must fight for these fish with the same tenacity and dedication we have in the pursuit of them. Together, we have the power to chart a brighter future for wild steelhead. Please push the subscribe button, take a minute to rate, review, and share. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of The Adipose.